con artists use them, as well as magicians, as well as politicians. In fact, <clears throat> moms use them with their children trying to get them to eat, as well as department stores trying to get people to shop and spend. They're called distractions, those things that, that catch our eye, that catch our attention. In fact, uh, kind of an official definition of distractions, distractions are an interruption in attraction. Distractions are an interruption in attraction. Attraction, those things that we set out each day to do to accomplish, those things that come from our uh, attention and our intention, those things that we want to make happen, and then all of a sudden, distractions happen. All of a sudden, our attention gets deflected, and we head off in the wrong direction. The emails that we get, the phone calls, the texts, the people who walk into our, our, our workplaces, our offices, and interrupt us, um, the pop-ups on our computers. One study has shown that in companies alone, distractions cost over $588 billion a year. Listen to these statistics. <clears throat> in, most, in most organizations, people will waste the majority of their time on things like checking their email, browsing the internet, texting friends and families. In fact, they say for every 10 distractions, it takes you 10 times the amount of time to recover from them. Think about it. Think about the distractions that enter your day, the time you spend on them, and then the time you spend trying to get back on focus, back on track. In fact, think about cell phones. <clears throat> Are you ready for this? The average person's person checks his smartphone. How many times a day do you think? Who said it? Very good. 134. 134 times a day, you'll do this. Some of you will do it a lot more than that. But 134 times a day. In fact, you know that <coughs> studies show that people who smoke marijuana have higher intellects than people who check their Facebook three times, four times a day. That should be a little convicting. In fact, uh, yeah, that's not, that's not a reason to go smoke marijuana. Just for the record, a little disclaimer here. God, you people will run with anything, won't you? <clears throat> Studies show that people lose relationships because of cell phones, because of e Facebook messages, because of LinkedIn, because they get so distracted that even in precious moments and times, they'll reach down and look. In fact, people have said that they miss a quarter of special moments in their lives because they're on the phone or they're texting 
or on their Facebook. And it's something we don't necessarily desire to do. We don't say, hey, today I'm going to take this day that God has given me and I am just going to waste it. We don't get on our computers and think, okay, I'm looking for pop-ups. We don't start working thinking, boy, when will somebody come and stop me and interrupt me and make me less productive? And yet it happens to us. And it happens just like that. I, I see it all the time when I'm preaching. I can be preaching, you can be looking at me, and, and it can be one of those intense moments. And all I need is for a baby to cry. Or for, and all the heads will go right over there. And, and preaching, I know it's going to take me a few minutes to get you back over here because we're just built that way. Think about Christmas. Think about all the distractions that play into Christmas. The things that we feel we have to do before we can do what we want to do. The distractions of making sure we find the right gift or the right trees or planning our engagements to be with the right people, making sure that, that everything looks right on the outside. And then we talk about our struggle to keep Christ in Christmas. This morning, I want to talk to you about distractions. I want to talk about particularly distractions that happen during Christmas because Christmas should be a time of attraction, not distraction. It should be a time in which we use this great opportunity that God has given us to make a difference in the world, to voice what other people here on Madison Avenue and on Wall Street as people are talking about spending their money and celebrating the season for all the wrong reasons. This morning, I want to look at how we can overcome distractions because they've been there from the very beginning. This morning, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture coming from Luke, chapter 2. And as we look at the chapter, I just want you to look at the distractions. And then we're going to talk about how to overcome them. Luke, chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree and his census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph and Mary went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house in the line of David, he went there to register with Mary, who who he was pledged to be married to, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, what was going on? Well, Caesar Augustus had issued a decree, and his decree was that everyone had to go back to their original birthplace And they had to register. Now, why do they have to register? Because you can't tax people unless you know who they are. 
That's just the nature of the distractions that we face in life, the obligations that we have to live under, the obligations that we have to meet. Think about how those obligations get in the way for you as you look to celebrate Christmas. The obligations to get the right gifts, the obligations to make sure that you're earning enough money or putting enough overtime in to pay for those gifts. The interesting thing about this, the first Christmas coincided with taxation. Can you imagine if that was our tradition today? That April 15th also happened on December 25th? That while you were running around doing all this stuff, you had to do your taxes at the same time? I mean, talk about a distraction. That's what was going on in their lives. In the midst of having a baby, in the midst of trying to follow God's will and plan, all of a sudden laid upon them was this chore to go back to Bethlehem to register for taxation. Now, the interesting thing about distractions is sometimes distractions can be opportunities for us to carry out our our intentions, God's intentions. In fact, this census that took place, uh, there are those who argue that it actually took place a little bit earlier than it was supposed to. But it took place not by just Caesar Augustus' decree. It happened by God's decree. It happened to fulfill the prophecy of Micah 2 that a child, that a savior would be born in Bethlehem. And so even in the distractions of our lives, God is there directing us if we're willing to pay attention, if we're willing to listen.
You had it. There we go. Oh, okay. Christmas helps make our intentions our distractions. It helps to make our intentions our distractions. Now, what does that mean? You see, here's the deal. Christmas is a distraction to this world. It doesn't fit in. When you really think about Christmas, it's about people running around meeting their obligations. It's about people trying to uh, make the best of all their ambitions and uh, their desire for their acquisitions to make money, to do different things, to profit. It's about uh, interruptions for people who who normally would just go to work and go home and go to the bars or go to the clubs or do their own thing. And all of a sudden, in a world that could care less about God, God has brought Christmas into our lives. I don't think for a minute that some 2,000 years after the event that we still celebrate it as a mistake. I think it's by divine intention. Just like it was uh, when Jesus first came to this earth and the world wasn't paying attention. When the world wasn't following through with what should have been the attraction of their heart, moving closer to God. And yet, Christmas can be where our intentions become the distraction to this world. Christmas can be our opportunity. If we make Christmas the major distraction of our lives, if we as the people of God don't look at making our intentions about making money, about making friends, about making popularity, if we don't make Christmas about getting gifts, if we focus on just simply devotion to God and celebration and proclamation, if we make that what Christmas is about, we can use the opportunity of Christmas to allow what is a distraction to the world to become the intention of our lives. Think about it. What if you just played Christmas music? What if you just read the scriptures about the story and shared it? What if you used the opportunity to say Merry Christmas to people? What if you used all these things that are distractions to the world as just part of your intention to love God in a special way at a special time? You see, I I think we flip it upside down as believers. We should be using the distractions of the world to become the intentions of God. We should be using the distractions of the world uh, to move people to the main attraction of life, and that's Christ. It, It seems convoluted, but it really isn't. See, that's exactly what God did. He broke into a world 
that was distracted from him. And he called the world back to him. Back to what should have been their main attraction by a simple distraction. Because that's, what's God, that's what God's intent is. That our attractions become the interruptions of this world. That our attraction to God get lived out with intention so that we become the distraction, so that he becomes the distraction and the real intention of life. How do we do it? When you look at the angels, it's very clear. It it happens by worship. You want to know how to keep your intention so it doesn't become a distraction? Worship, singing, praising, If praise is upon your lips, then you know where your focus is. You know what your affection is. You know what your attraction is. Two, witness. This is a great opportunity to share the gospel of Christ. To say to people you work with, what do you believe about Christmas? I mean, talk about a a harmless statement. You're not telling them what to believe. You're just asking them, what do you believe about Christmas? Then you can help them. Then you can fill in the blanks. Then you can share the good news. And it happens with welcome. When the shepherds left, they went out and they proclaimed what they had seen and what they had heard in order to welcome people, in order to make God their divine distraction, to change their affection and their attractions in life. I I, I want to close with this. Um, some, you might have seen this. I want to close with a clip this morning. and It's about people who show up at this mall, just a few people, as they're running around distracted by all of the holiday shopping that they're supposed to be doing because of the season of Christmas. And they use their distraction as an invitation, as an attraction back to Christ. And it's powerful. And that's what we should be doing. Looking for every opportunity to be taking distractions and using them to lead them back to what is God's divine intention. I want you to watch this.
Isn't that great? People running around distracted. And just a, a, a handful of people interrupting their distractions with intention. Leading them back to the main attraction. The love of God in Christ. And that's his call for us. Not to become distracted by the things that don't matter. But to use the distractions of this world and to interrupt them with intention. That people might be brought to what is the main attraction of life. Let's join our hearts in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time and we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to live with intention, that, Father, we would create the distractions in our own lives that are an intention, that, Father, we look at what is going on in the world that could so easily interrupt us and we interrupt them. We look at our obligations and we take them as opportunities. Father, we look at the ambitions of this world. We look at the desires for acquisition of money and, and we walk in and we interrupt them. We divert them, Lord God, back to you. And so, Lord God, let us not become distracted by lesser things, but by using everything, Lord God, to share this great love you've given us in Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen.